Hi, this is Bill Brown of the Houston Astros. This is Sunday Strohs, a podcast brought to you each and every Sunday covering all the week's action and news. If it's Sunday, it's time for Sunday Strohs. everybody and welcome to another edition of Sunday Strohs. I am your host Mario Cortez. You can find me on Twitter at MarioTheStro8. And on this episode, Rob is on vacation. And hopefully you're having a good time, bud. Hope you're safe. Hope everything's awesome. I will do my best today to uh, fill the throne. And to do so, we got a very special guest today. I was actually had the pleasure of meeting them on my last trip to H-Town to watch a game. And y'all know him. He is the host, co-host of Locked on Astros podcast. Mr. H-Town Wheelhouse, Brett Chancy. How are you doing today, bud? Man, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, you guys do a great job with Sunday Strohs. Um, you know, I love your, I love it from the intro to the, famous voices y'all have to y'all's famous voices so it, it makes for a great show from beginning to end you know people can go to h-town wheelhouse on twitter and instagram find me there and they can also find me at um a pe- place called stros 411 that's s-t-r-o-s 411 on um twitter instagram and facebook always positive always stros thanks for having me on mario i appreciate it hey, definitely man it's, it's good to have you on and you know, we've had a very interesting week in Stroh's world. I got to be honest, you know. And But before we get into all that, I do want to recognize the uh, sponsor, Dugout Mugs. Dugout Mugs, where we, they have introduced the brand new metal mug. I pre-ordered mine. Can't wait for it to come in. But it's double-walled. Looks like aluminum bat. Metal bat. And I can't wait for this. Once I, once I get it, I'm going to post the heck out of it. That's for sure. Dugout bugs, where you swing for the fences. Now, we had a crazy week. Started off not the way we expected it. It's ending actually really awesome. Today, actually, we can definitely go for the sweep. But let's talk a little bit about the beginning of the week, you know, because we did finish up in Los Angeles. We did finish up with the Angels. We... We didn't get the we didn't get the victory there. Lance McCullough Jr. pitched, you know, I would say he pitched a very good game. Just you know, you, you know, we talked about this uh, before, where you can't win a game by scoring one run. You're you're telling the pitching staff this time to hit a no hitter or something. What were your thoughts on 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 ending in LA and then going to Kansas City for the four game set? You know, I really liked the first two games leading up to it with the emergence of Jake Myers and how he kind of stormed on the scene. I thought that was great for him. But like you said, Sunday, um, when you're when one of your ace pitchers, if not your ace pitcher for this year, goes out and, you know, he only he only gives up two earned runs that's a game with this offense that you would expect to come through, especially with Alvarez and Brantley, both in the lineup, you know, Brantley and Alvarez both had multi-hit games, 
But outside of that, you had Altuve and Perea both go 0 for 9 and Guriel. So that's so that's 0 for 12 on the day. And those are three of your key offensive guys, your key veterans. Um, when you only have two of your guys that are expected to hit, hit, um, there's not a whole lot you can do. But, you know, you got to hand it to Detmers. Um, he got his first win on the season. He was a rookie call-up, a, 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 I believe, about a month ago. He's one of the Angels' top prospects. And we know about the Angels. They're basically Trout, Otani, and then the other guys, and then the pitching staff. Like, I don't, I don't know that people are going out getting Detmers jerseys or Quintana jerseys or Iglesias jerseys because the Angels' big Achilles heel is finishing games and, you know, having pitching um, support. And so you typically like to take advantage of the Angels and would, would have liked to have gotten a sweep, especially after things went awry like they did in Kansas City. But a series win is way better than only winning one of three. And so um, that game Sunday was frustrating because a lot of people, if you're interactive with, with the Astros community on Twitter, they were like, okay, well, Detmers is going to turn into Cy Young today. Like, which which no-name pitcher are we going to make look really good? And so that's, that's kind of been a little bit of a theme. Um, you know, the Angels are a sub-500 team, just one game under, um, but – Maybe that's why they lost. Someone joked when we when we beat them, they were either one game over five hundred, and then we beat them again. They were five hundred, and then once once they dropped below five hundred, we couldn't beat them. So <laughs> maybe the stars <laughs> aligned on Sunday for the Angels. Yeah, most definitely, you know. And uh, to be honest, finishing that series and then heading to Kansas City, I had a different mindset on how this series is going to go. I actually was on record by saying either sweep or three out of four. And to be honest, for for three out of four wins, I mean, hey, Kansas City not coming into the series on a good note. And we dropped the first three. Yeah. And it took a – I, I would say a Houston rally, you know, a, a you know, what they do on Thursday – to in the tenth inning to get to get the win, but when you look at the four game set and you, and you're just before the season the series starts, mm-hmm. aren't you thinking what I'm? I mean, aren't you thinking what I'm thinking? Aren't you thinking, oh, we got we're gonna take them all, or, or we'll take oh, three yeah. out of four? No, I was. Um, I believe on our podcast, I may have predicted they were gonna sweep them at the very least, win three or four, and it in the. And I do know the history, I guess, or I know this year, they've typically been terrible against sub-500 teams. But they had lost four in a row. Um, The pitcher they faced first hadn't won a game in four games. And, I mean, there there were just so many things I was looking at. KC, I mean, they're at the bottom of the barrel. Um, You know, I mean, they won that World Series in 2015 and literally have stunk since then. We have maintained this level of high playing and and long playoff runs since after the 2015 season. And so we've been able to sustain that. And KC just being down, it just seemed 
that was what was going to happen. The writing was on the wall. But of course, they did the Astros thing. And, you know, the first game was a back and forth. And Kansas City earned that. I think the Astros could have won that game. That was, you know, six to seven, I believe they lost. But every game was decided by two runs or less, I believe. Um, Actually, I think the last one was like three runs because the Astros won in 10 innings. But, you know, Mario, I believe they are 20 and 26 in games decided by two runs or less. And I think that tells a story that you've got to pay attention to come playoff time. Because if we get into a playoff series with a better team who we typically perform better, but it's a really close game, does that mean we're going to struggle to get victories in those close games? And I hope that's not the trend, but that's the other trend that also kind of worries me. Not necessarily losing to the Royals, but losing close games. Exactly. And, you know, to be honest, the the Tuesday and Wednesday games, if I knew what was going to happen Friday and Saturday, I'd be like, can we borrow some of those runs for those games? Because 3-1 and 3-2, and to be honest, the pitching was actually very good. The bats, we just, I think I was putting out memes saying, you know, Pedro Serrano, let's get the bats going. You know, come on, got to wake up bats. Because the pitching wasn't too bad. On, on a good day, three giving up three runs to the opponent when we're, when we're, doing what we do is all victories but yes when when you score one run and score two runs you're not going to cut it, especially with the opportunities especially with the players left on base i mean you're not mm. you, you you're not going to be able to do it yeah um, you have to be able to bring them in especially against teams where you're supposed to win yeah exactly and you know that's been a thing that they've gotten better at i think in the long run is and when they were slumping, when they weren't playing well at all, when they got runners in scoring position, there was no hitting going on at all. And one of the guys that's really, I think, lit a fire in that department has been Alimnus Diaz offensively. He's he has really for me for this last month um, has been the MVP of this team just because of I mean, the guy comes off the I.L. from a hand injury. And he just lights the world on fire with his bat. And um, he's constant. You can count on him. He'll be there. And, you know, um, he had the the day off Saturday because he played 13 straight games. I kind of questioned that move. But someone reminded me of leg issues he's had in the past. So he deserves a rest. Um, But when you've got guys like that in the lineup, you still expect to win those close games, especially against inferior teams. Agreed. Same here. I mean, you know, and he has been on a tear, you know, coming back, you know, it's not like he didn't lose a step. I mean, he, he's been doing awesome lately. Actually, he's been a spark plug. And actually, the engineer of the Thursday game where he's his uh, base loaded, you know, he, they, the runs came in and, you know, we were able to get that victory. It was a little crazy for me. Well, I came out of work at that time and I saw that we were already down. And I'm like, you know what? This is going to be the game where we can actually start turning around and do it. And which leads us into Friday and Saturday. Where, and then you were there for the games. Offensive explosion, offensive explosion. (laughs) 
Like, yeah, nothing you ever seen. Like, you have seen it. We have done it. And back-to-back games, I, I got to look back to see if we've done that in back-to-back games. But it's like yes. the Mariners came in, and, and it's like, what do we come into, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, the the thing the Astros had going for them is they were 10 games above 500 coming into the series. So I was like, ah, we're going to beat these guys because they're good. <laughs> and But Friday's game, and I didn't realize it the, while I was at the game until afterwards, it was the first time in franchise history that the Astros scored two or more runs in the first five innings consecutively. So that was that was that was cool to see. And what was what was great, Mario, is you know you had Jake Myers hit a hit a home run. It was an absolute blast to right center field. Um, let me tell you, man, he has become a fan favorite already. And um, I interviewed him for Locked On Astros, I guess, in late June at Constellation Field. And the vibe I got from him personally was, here's a hardworking kid from the corn state of Nebraska who grew up around farms and, and just has this, like, blue-collar mentality. He was literally, I don't know that I heard a single prospect guru talk about Jake Myers. And Jake Myers emerges out of, you know, it's almost like it's almost like if you want to use a Nebraska and field of dreams, it's almost like he walked out of the cornfields onto the baseball field and he just took the Astros world by storm. And I don't I don't I don't think I'm being overly dramatic about that because the kids hitting over 300. He's contributing in games. He's making catches. Um, he's absolutely athletic. And I guess kind of like Jake Marisnik, he. He swoons the Astros, the Astros, um, let me tell you, the Astros female fan base, they love Jake Myers. <laughs> <laughs> they do. He has become, <laughs> they're like, we love Jakey. And, it's, yep. and he wears the same number that Jake Marisnik wore. He does. There's something about, something magical about number six. <laughs> no, I was, yeah, definitely. And, you know, that, um, I was thinking of the same thing. I think I, after the home run, I was just like, Wow, like has one Jake overdone the other? Because guys, you know, you ask anybody, a lot of they still like Jake Marisnik, you know. Yeah. So he's still like if he walks in to Minute Maid, waves his little cap, you know, like Tom Hanks in the oh, they go nuts. Yeah. Oh my goodness, like like they're gonna go nuts. And to see him done in the number six, I was like, you know, when he first wore the number six, I was like, All right, so if you're named Jake and you were an Astro. You were in mm-hmm. six, baby. And he That's has right. been doing awesome. And when I saw the blast, I was like, wow. Like, this is the best is yet to come. I mean, we haven't even seen what he's going to turn into. And that gets me very excited. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, you, know, you also had Correa and Altuve both hit a triple um, in the same game, you know. And you just – you had you had all these extra base hits. You had – you had Alvarez Homer, Uriel Homer, and Maldonado. You know, Maldonado's got sneaky power. I know he's only batting 183, but if he can get a hold of a baseball, dude, he can crush it. And he, when he hits the ball and it doesn't have, and it's got a good angle, that ball flies out of the ballpark. And so that was good to see. You know, you had Maldonado, Diaz, Uriel, Alvarez, and Correa all get multi-hit games. And you know when with that with what you said right there, 
you know, for for us, like for for Stroh's fans, we want to see that because we know that on games like Kansas City, where you know, and you have games like you have here, you know, we you and we all know that we are able and capable of doing this on a nightly basis. So when we see games like Kansas City, we're wondering, man, you know, like we have the firepower to take every single team out, you know. But when we don't do it, I guess it gets me a little bit like, not well, yeah, frustrated. You can call it that because when I see what happened on Friday, and what definitely happened on Saturday, like you're just wondering, this could be like a nightly thing. If all the bats are turning in, we, you know, the Mariners have did have, you know, we still have today's game, which I'm very, very, very confident about. And yeah, exactly. Saturday, and it, you know, and then you know, and then Saturday happens, and you're thinking, is it only a, a Friday night game? And then Saturday we'll score like four or five, but no, yeah, another I, explosion. I literally thought, right? <laughs> I literally thought, and and you know, we I know we talked before we started recording. We talked about one of the pitchers we're going to focus on, but you know, Odo going on Saturday. You think, okay, we have we have this big burst of twelve runs Friday night. We got Oda Rizzi on the mound Saturday. Okay, well, hopefully he can do well if Martin Maldonado's catching for him. Is he going to give up a lot of runs? Are we going to score one or two? Because typically, after a massive like onslaught of runs and hits, the team typically doesn't have back to back games, and and they did, and they did against a good team, and that's a good sign because you always hear the terms, oh, don't. Don't use up all your hits tonight. Save them for tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but, you know, honestly, their hits and all their hits and all their runs, they were all, like, in non-stress situations. They weren't – it was never like, okay, they tacked on five runs. We've, we've got we've to keep the spread on the lead. It was, it was almost like batting practice. Um, you know, Friday and actually even Saturday when we get, get to that game, that just seemed like, like they were – Winning so badly by the fourth inning, my son, who's 13, said, Dad, surely we can leave by, like, the seventh inning because, like, there's no way the Mariners are coming back. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, that's the that's the great thing about this offense is they have the ability to just, like you said, break out. But baseball is baseball, and Correct. you're not going to score – double-digit runs every single game. Um, and so, you know, hey, I would rather them have their hiccups against the bad teams because the bad teams don't show up in the playoffs. It's the good teams we play well against. And so um, I really think that we have a really long playoff run in our 2021 future for sure. Almost oh, definitely, you know. And to be honest, when I saw Friday night's game, and I knew Oda Rizzi was going to pitch the next day. I was I was going, wow, you know, I want this offensive explosion for his start. Because if I do know one thing, a pitcher, not just Oda Rizzi, but a pitcher in general, pitches more comfortably, pitches more smooth pitches. Because he's got a, he's got a huge run support. He's, he's not, the pressure ain't on. He's not worried about, you know, we're only up 3-2. If I give this up. You know, that can be good for us. So when Saturday happens and you see uh, Oda Rizzi's line, I'm oh, like, man. this is a guy that 
pitched very well. And the run support was there, so in that instance, it made him more confident in himself. I can't see the inside of his mind or anything or speak for him. But this is just the, the definition of any pitcher with some good run support, good everything. You're going to be a lot more comfortable out there. And I think that really worked for Jake on yesterday's start. No, yeah. And I think also the key was Martin Maldonado. Um, yeah. If you notice the start before this, um, over the last week, he didn't do well. Jason Castro was his catcher. Now, Jason Castro is a very good veteran catcher defensively. Um, I trust his game management, but it doesn't match what Marty Maldonado does. Mm-hmm. And he just provides. So, like, Marty Maldonado's value as a catcher outweighs any deficit he may give you at the plate, right? I mean, he is a. I mean, he's been a sub 200 hitter pretty much all year, but what he gives you at the plate, I think nullifies that because you've got such a high powered offense. And, you know, Oda Rizzi even said it in one of his last starts. He just said, I I just sucked and I hated it. Everything's flat. I'm not getting any movement. Um, And dude, he had six strikeouts through four and a third innings. I was like going, oh my God, this is, like, he's having a stellar game. He ended up with, I believe, eight strikeouts That's um, on the game and just looked phenomenal. And, you know, they're having fun. And, dude, on Sunday, like, Taylor Jones, I mean, the young guns, Taylor Jones, and um, and then and then Jacob Wilson. Like, Jacob Wilson literally had two extra base hits, his first two extra base hits of his major league career. And... So the legend of Jacob Wilson, or people were calling him um, Robel Wilson, <laughs> because he's there to keep Robel Garcia. You know, and this is what's crazy. Like, Robel, I guess, is your classic um, 4A player because he's down there um, in Sugarland and he's crushing it. I don't know if you saw the Skeeters were down 11 to 1 and they yes. ended up winning the game like 12 to 11. Yes. And Robel Garcia had a big part of it. <laughs> I saw it. And I was like, like wow. Was the biggest comeback that they, yeah, that was a huge comeback that so, they had. And I was just like, so everybody know, was I mean, scoring it, runs in the Astros organization yesterday. So. <laughs> pretty much, you know. The thing I liked about, yeah, and, yeah, and, to, and, and, to, and to what you said, you know what, everybody who's listening out there, Jake Odorizzi, Maldonado's your catcher from now on, you know. <laughs> exactly. That is that is his battery mate. And you know, that does that does make a difference. Um it does. pitchers pitchers have have their preferred catchers for a reason. And I mean, you know, baseball is is probably more mental than it is physical. And that takes a lot of the mental calisthenics out of it when especially when your catcher knows the hitters when your catcher knows who you're facing and maybe that is the advantage to a long season mario is think about this if we had a shorter season we would have fewer games against our division rivals the more games i think you have against your division rivals of course it works both ways but you have more chances to see the batters that you face and so if you already study them, it makes it all the more easy. It just gives you more data to go off of. It definitely does, and it really helped last night because Odorizzi looked like 
the older is that we want him that we want him to be. And you know what? Yeah. Well, when it comes to Maldonado, what you said right now, I, I to be honest, I, I didn't really haven't really calculated his batting average. He means so much more to the team. He provides much more than what I've seen him hit because he's so much more valuable, like you said, regarding his you know knowledge and being the catcher and being the guy, you know. But yeah, like to be honest, yeah, like I've seen him hit. I just you know, his batting area, I was like, wow, like he's hitting that much. But we got we kind of ignored that because of what, what else he provides. I think if it was a different catcher hitting the same thing, I think we would have been asking for a different catcher. Yeah. True. True. So today we have the chance to sweep. I like series wins, but hey, we got Framber Valdez today. And what do you think? you know, Brett, regarding today's game. I know what Dusty does sometimes with his lines up. He'll take out some of the <laughs> the A-plus ball players, and, you know, have a little fun on Sunday or have a little – after you get a series win, you know, we're going we're gonna to arrest somebody. Or, what do you think an outlook on today's game would be regarding a potential sweep? Well, you know, I believe um, – now, I don't know if they're going to do this, but I would assume – that Carlos Correa might get a rest day. <laughs> because, I mean, Diaz had a rest day yesterday. If Carlos Correa, if they're going to rest him, um, they might do that. I can I can actually, while we're talking, I can look up the uh, press notes for the game and see if see if there's any, any, any notes on that. I don't know if they have anything this early in the morning, but, um, oh, they already have game notes up. Wow, that's early for them. Um, the Astros... Um, I don't know if they'll if I don't know if they'll say he gets a rest. I here's the thing. So 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 anybody that, that follows me on Twitter knows that if I don't like something, I typically will will say it. Like I'm not afraid to share my feelings about things. And I haven't been super excited about the roster moves. Um I am from an old school mentality without the experience thinking like okay why are we resting these guys like they're not even like like why like people never used to rest eric who's you know the host of lockdown astros was at the game with us yesterday and he goes he goes brett everybody's not like cal ripken i said well people need to be more like cal ripken and that's not acceptable <laughs> you know i was i was trying to be like a i was like a right. dad or a teacher in that moment i'm like well i'm sorry then you just got to be better yeah. um and at the end of the day though the rest days I don't mind because this team is so complete and it does make sense to make sure that your guys are fully charged and healthy and ready to go into playoffs. And you did extend your lead to three and a half games. We would like it to be more, but I think as long as we keep a lead, you're going to see your guys sit, you know, here or there. And so um, Alex Bregman still hasn't come back yet. But he had a home run the other day. He did yes. a workout. He did a workout at Minute Maid Park. Um, just they were getting a look at him, but they still don't know where he is. And but that to me is why it's so great to see a, like this guy Jacob Wilson step up, yep. Taylor Jones step up in the absence of Alemis Diaz. You know, you put Michael Brantley in right field, and you have Taylor Jones out there, and he crushes a home run, a triple. He was a single shy of the cycle. Mario, I mean, he killed it yesterday. He did. He did. And to be honest, 
I want them to take their time on Alex Bregman. I know some people, I, I see, you know, you see what I see on social media. Why isn't he back yet? Why isn't he, you know, why isn't he in the lineup? He looks pretty good to me. He just crushed one. I'm like, you guys got to understand that you got to take it easy. Like, you got like, real easy when you have an injury that he has to make sure that he doesn't aggravate it again and we lose him for more time. He's He's been out for quite a bit. But you got to take yeah. your time on him. You got to take your time. You just... He doesn't think he, they, don't, they don't think like, like you know, oh, well, he can come back and he's going to be the 2019 you know, or, you know, or Alex that we know and love. But yeah, exactly. his injury is very delicate and you got to really take your time on it. I'd rather him be out and be like, okay, it's October. Let's win the playoffs. I'm ready to go, you know, because like you said, we have the players that can take the spot, that can play well and, you know, they're all doing good. You know, this, the young guys coming up and killing it is going to make for a very good future. And to ensure that, we like the fact that when a guy is out, because Bregman's out, Tucker's out, and, we're, and, and we put up double-digit runs in both games, <laughs> in the last two games. So it tells you one thing. Take your time with the injuries. Take your time. Yeah, we're going to exactly. be okay. We're going to be okay. Oh yeah, I, I I think at the end of the day, I don't I, I don't think there's any any real worry in in many Astros fans' minds. You know, I do know that um, I do know that people. You know, Twitter is an easy place to like to be melodramatic or overreact or whatever. And I'm sure that I've done my share of overreacting. I, I know I know I'm not definitely com- I'm not I'm not completely innocent in that department. Um, but you're when the Astros have the winning culture they do, you guys like Jacob Wilson, rookies and guys that have still have a lot to prove with Taylor Jones, who I think has a high upside. I think I think Taylor Jones has a potential to be a very good outfielder and hitter. Um, from the people that I've talked to that look at the minor leagues a lot more closely than me, said they've been impressed with him since the Astros got him. I believe he was a nineteenth round pick. And they said a player, they, one person told me a player of that talent in the 19th round, talent in the 19th round doesn't happen very often. And so there are a lot of people that are very high on him. And, you know, Jacob Wilson, he's going to be on this team this year, probably won't be on this team after this year. Um, but he's in a spot where he's got he's to contribute, and he did. And then Jake Myers, dude, I, I think I think Jake Myers has a very good chance of being your opening day center fielder next year um, for this team. I, I'm, I'm that confident in his abilities. Um, and this team's got a lot to be desired, um, especially going in these final weeks to see, like you said, how Dusty's going to juggle the lineup. But people are going to get rest days, and I've learned, and what I do is I – I'm like, someone help me understand this. And people, it's it's almost like therapy. They're like, okay, Brett, remember this. This person's dealing <laughs> with that. And so, um, because because I know that I don't have it all figured out myself. I think we can agree that you have an if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of mentality. Yeah, exactly. If it's working, why are we, you know, because I, I did see the, um, the, you know, posts from others. You know, a lot of them agreed with you. A lot of them, Wanted to have Diaz in the lineup. 
Yeah. So it's not like you're one you're running a, a one man band in this in this in your in your post. But a lot of people agree with that. I I kinda did. And then the game happened and I was just like, Well Diaz Diaz didn't even play. Like yeah. wow. Like like <laughs> like imagine if you did. Like, oh my God, you know. And you know, that just makes me feel so much better knowing that you could rest the guy. And not, or not even know that he was or was not in the lineup with the explosion that we had. If you told me Diaz was not in there, I would have been like, he wasn't? Wow, I wouldn't have noticed. Cause yeah. He, like, well, we had an explosion offense. He must have factored in there somewhere. But Taylor Jones was definitely on fire last night. Like you said, a single from the cycle. I mean, come on, you know. Like, I, I wish he had gotten that one. But, hey, you know, it's the game. That, that's, that's what we do. So hey, get this! I just I just found this out. Um, okay. And I I actually just tweeted it out as we're talking. Um, Jacob Wilson and Taylor Jones they both tripled Saturday. It was followed by Altuve and Correa's triple, which we mentioned earlier on the show. Yes, it's the first time for the Astros to hit two triples back to back since August second and third, nineteen ninety, versus the Atlanta Braves. Nineteen ninety. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. So that's it. So that's it. That's it. You know, and that is why I love baseball because of things like this, statistics like this. And um, the Astros, the Astros press press department does a phenomenal job. Um, I get the I get the press box releases um, every day for every game. And they they put these little tidbits out there. And it's really interesting to see, you know, all these different things. But man, like. This team hasn't even hit its peak, I don't think. Like, can you imagine if this lineup starts firing on all cylinders and Jordan and Brantley and, like, all these guys are just – let's just say that they all have multi-hit games and they all just kind of start hitting their stride. I mean, this team has a chance to put double digits on anybody they face in the playoffs, even the good pitching, because we've done great against good pitching. You remember we swept the White Sox at Minute Maid and we yeah. took out their best pitchers. Yeah. Now, of course, we went to Chicago. is a little different story. But we've got to try to get home field advantage. We're, um, we're three games. I think we're three games behind Tampa for the best record. So that's something I would like us to, to do. I would love us to get home field advantage. Oh, same here. You know, like, I want to, you know, we got definitely got to do that because I want home games to be – you know, it works. It works. I mean, it's better to obviously be at home. I mean, that doesn't even, you know, that doesn't even like scratch the surface on that one. But like, it's like the crowd and the atmosphere and the, you know, everything just, I mean, dialed in is what we want to see. And I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I think I saw a post uh, uh, after last night's game saying, if they don't score 20 runs, I'm out. And I'm like, today, <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, today I'm, I'm very confident. You know, I know you are. I know Framber Valdez goes today. He's going to pitch well. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this series ends. I'm hoping it ends in the sweep, but I love the series win. Definitely, definitely. Either way, I'm good. But let's let's be greedy and let's win all of the games, the rest of them. I, I want to win every game the rest of the season and then win every game in the playoffs. I want to win it all. I want to be greedy. I want a trophy. I want to see Dodgers – tears and Yankees tears and you know <laughs> I just I'm 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 here for it man we've we've you know as as a fan base we've put up with so much BS 
Um, And to the credit of those fans of other teams who actually are really cool people and that we have all met, we've had positive interactions with fans of opposing teams. Because anytime someone comes into Minute Maid Park and I see their fan of the other team, I always ask them, are you from Houston? Are you from? And they'll usually they're they're like on vacation or they're a transplant. And I always tell them, hey, you're always welcome at Minute Maid Park. But man, it would be it would be sweet poetic justice if we could get a championship this year and um because i think this team is built for a world series title they are and you know when back in the spring training i said we got the team to go to the world series and take the world series the west we're going to take it it's only how much further along we're going to go based on what we're doing but i i feel like you like i want to win every single game you know when we when we don't take them, I'm just like, why didn't we take them, you know? And for the most part, for the fan base and for the, even for the players, because the players, especially like Jose Altuve and guys from 2017 Championship, Korea, they put up with a lot from opposing fans when we go to visiting stadiums. They, we want, this, we want this, this ring. And so much sweet for Rob Manfred to give us the trophy. <laughs> yeah. And, and be like, uh, here you go. Sorry for everything. You know, like, and he won't apologize, too much pride. But I think a championship this year will basically be like the, yeah, MOB to everybody else. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. through all this, we, we, Jose Altuve, you know, even players who weren't on 2017 were getting slandered at other stadiums. I was like, you know, he just got him like last year, or I don't know if you noticed, right. but like, they'd be yeah. like, Boo. And I'm like, you know, he was a free agent. He he wasn't on the. T- okay, that's fine. You know, and yeah. so I wonder, yeah. like, other players are getting slandered for something that they weren't even a part of. You know, <laughs> they wish. They well, you know, I part. loved. You know, you know. Speaking of that, I love George Springer. Was I think he was in L.A. Uh, playing the Angels with the Blue Jays, and they were booing him. They were yelling, "Cheater!" Boom, home run. <laughs> Next at bat, boo, cheater, boom, home run. He got like a yep. multi home run game. Yes, and. So I've, I've talked about this with, like, our Locked on MLB host, Sully. And, and, you know, he goes, you know, like, booing the Astros and all this stuff, he goes, it should be a fun back and forth. It shouldn't be where it got to the crazy people out in L.A. or the crazy people that came to Houston and started stuff. He's like, that's really not the majority of other fan bases, but those fans ruin it for everybody else. Like, we can, he's like, you know, H-Town, I can needle you about the Astros. Why? Because they they did something, it didn't hurt somebody else. It wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a scandal. It wasn't someone was hurt. It was, they broke a rule. It was like, it wasn't, at the end of the day, it's a game. And, and, and so there are people out there that have, that don't have the vitriolic perspective that I guess, that gets all the attention, you know, like the viral tweets are the ones where everybody's kind of over the top about it. Right. But I think this team, you got two storylines I would like to see unfold. And I'm, and I'm talking about us being in the world series, being in the world series versus the giants and dusty Baker winning a world series with the Astros beating the giants who he couldn't win a world series for. That would be one storyline or if we play the Brewers, Ben Verlander, who we've had on our on our podcast a couple of yes. times, has picked the Brewers to be the National League World Series representative. 
And remember, when Jim Crane purchased the Astros, the Bud Seeley, whose daughter was in the, um, I believe, in the upper management of the Brewers, told the Astros, you have to go to the American League if you want to sell the team and if, Jim, you want to purchase the team. And so we've got that old Brewers, Astros, like they're, they're the reason why, because the Brewers were supposed to go back to the American League. And Correct. Red Sea League's daughter did not want that to happen. So they're like, okay, we'll make the Astros go. <laughs> that so, would be some poetic justice right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, and so you've got a couple storylines. And, of course, we know the Dodgers and Astros storyline. Of course, I think everybody would love to see that. I think um, we would with less violence. Yes, thank you, everybody. Yes, less violence. <laughs> let's, let's keep More it on peace. field, people. Yeah, let's man. Keep it on More field. love, less violence. <laughs> thank you. I want to put that out there. I love all y'all. I love, I'm like... I'm the guy from Friday Night Lights. I love all y'all. You know, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to go now to players of the week. Okay. And I have mine, but you are the guest. I want you to see if they differ, which they probably could. But seeing from well, this whole entire week, I know it wasn't the week of weeks, but what is, who was your pitcher of the week this week, Will? You know, right now, if if I had to if I had to put something on it, I you know I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say Lance McCullers because there's no reason why he shouldn't be two and zero on the week. Um, you know, that was the first game we talked about where he literally gave up two runs, but he had eight strikeouts. He had 16 strikeouts in those 11 and two-thirds innings. I mean, that's phenomenal. And Lance McCullers, give him credit, has been one of the constants out there. Um, hasn't had to deal with injury, things like that. He's really, he's really just taken the mantle. He's become kind of like the firebrand behind the team. So I think he's going to be my pitcher of the week. Um, I think there are a lot of relief pitchers that get they get honorable mentions. Um, you know, Graveman, Maton, guys like that. Uh, everybody's contributed. But if I'm going to starters, I'm going to pick uh, Lance McCullers Jr. I had Jake Odorizzi as mine. And, you know, before yesterday's start, I was actually handing my, my mindset on Lance because you're right. Sunday and then Friday. That's how was that not two and zero? But I like bounce back games as well, like super bounce bounce back games. And Jacob Rizzi definitely had one yesterday. And of course, we did talk about the you know the Maldonado situation, you know, being his battery mm-hmm. mate. But to see what happened on Monday and to see what happened yesterday, it was like a tale of two. Jigs, I guess we want to call it. Yeah, and I like the bounce back games. You know, I I did the same thing a few weeks ago with Luis Garcia. He didn't have such a good start. Then the next one, he had an amazing start, and I like that because it shows that it's not how you start; it's how you finish this week. And Jake actually proved me wrong because I did say something about Jake on Monday (laughs) (laughs) that I will, Jake, if you are listening to this podcast. If somebody gives it to you and says, here, listen, I apologize, bud. <laughs> you did good. You did good. 
I will take that to the bank. You did good. Can we for your next start? You're my pitcher of the week. There you go. You know, you, you know, I like it. And I mean, hey, you know, I think I think at the end of the day, when we're when we're critical of players, I always tell people I'm never critical because I think I could, you know, have done better myself. It's just I'm just making comments on what I see. And and I think right now and what we do, it's kind of what have you done for me lately? Um, and we do temper it with their track record and how they do over their career. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think a little criticism here, there is not a bad thing as long as it's tempered in reality. And, and, and so that's, that's how I try to approach it. Cause I think people sometimes take what I say online a little too seriously. It's like, bro, I'm just, I'm just making a comment. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not charting the guy's right. path to ruin his Hall of Fame career. <laughs> I'm not a writer. I'm not going to not vote for him, you know, so. I think you're just like me. You're just a fan, a super fan, that you want to see them put the best team out there that we can get the W's. I mean, what fan would not want that as their fan, as as the fan, you know? And right. the, I was the same way. I, I was like, you know, I, I've done it, and I've done it this year. I won't just say Jake. I I did one earlier that I did regret from previous, you know, former Miles Straw, former Astros Miles Straw, where the he had the Seattle game in Seattle, and then I put the uh, Fozzie Bear, uh, you know, Jeff out there, the uh, the face palm uh, yes. Fozzie Bear one. Yeah, I put that yeah. one after the ball went over his head, and then the next day, uh, or, or I think a couple of games later, he went like three for four, and I was like, oh wow, all right, my apologies. <laughs> So, for position player of the week, I had Alidmus Diaz. Mm, I think okay. he, not only the one of the engineers of what happened on Thursday, but he's been on a tear lately. Like, and there was, I I was either between that, you know, and another player, I, you know, because I already picked a player, I'm just juggling players right now. But I think he's had a great week. I think, you know, it's 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 what we like to see from players not named, you know, Korea, Altuve, Bregman. You know, I like this kind of situation. I like when these guys come up. I like when he guys come back from injury and they continue to tear it up. So I had to give it to Diaz this week. Okay, yeah, that's that's not a that's not a bad pick at all. So um, I've kind of gone back and forth on this um, just as we've been talking because. I wanted to, I wanted to go with Jordan or Carlos, um, because Jordan is hitting 367 over his last seven games. Carlos is hitting 360 over his last seven games. Um, Jordan's got the two RBIs, um, 11 hits, slugging percentage of 700. But because I love what I'm seeing from him in the production, and that I don't think it's a fluke the way he's doing, um, I'm. I'm going to have to give player of the week offensive, well, position player of the week. Um, and I'm, I'm strictly going off offense here, Mario, um, but I'm going to give it to Jake Myers. Uh, Jake Myers batting 320. He's got eight hits, four runs, and 25 ABs, five RBIs. Um, slugging percentage 480, on base percentage of 357. I just, I like what he's providing. Um, I think the kid came up um, to help out 
while uh, Kyle Tucker was out and not just platoon, but they're like putting him in the lineup and they're starting him. And um, especially he stepped up. Uh, Chaz McCormick was a late scratch, so he moved over to that spot on Sunday. Um, but I think your honorable mention, I think you have to bring in guys like Correa and Jordan because, I mean, Correa's not, you know, over the last 25 games or so has really caught fire um, to where before that his hitting was less than desirable. And now he's, he's really seeing the ball well, but I like to give it to Jake Myers. Jake Myers, definitely a good pick. You know, um, he's coming up and ever since he arrived, I mean, he's been really good for the, especially now that he's playing center. I mean, it's like you said earlier, he could be the center fielder for years to come. That's a good pick. I like that. Jake Myers. That's what I'm talking about. All right, so we're going to go over to the Sunday Strolls poll. Okay. I kind of came up with this after a certain situation on Friday. You were there. You were there for both games. You were there especially on Friday. Y'all saw it, everybody. So let me just go back a little. Jordan Alvarez, who already had a home run, almost has a second one. Opposite field. It's about to hit the Crawford boxes. But not quite. Until a fan reaches over and gets it. Yeah. It was. Yeah, that's, you know, the golden rule is if you're on the front row, don't reach over. I mean, oh, yeah. um, they, even, they even put it huge in bold letters on, on um, what they call um, the what do they call the big Jumbotron El Grande? They okay. put it, they're like, you know, remember you will be removed from the stadium if you interfere. And <laughs> you, and it's like, and it's like, you were allowed to keep any baseballs that are hidden to the stands. And um, yeah, the guy, the guy made a mistake. And, you know, people, people give guys like that such a hard time, but, and I've never been in that situation. I don't, I don't think people, when they do that, I don't think they like reach out thinking, Hey, we're going to reach over and interfere with the game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but Hey, I think, you know, something like that happens. You gotta, you, you gotta get them out of the stadium just because that's your rule. I don't think you ban them for life. Now you, you put life ban on there. There was a life ban on a fan up in Yankee stadium. Did you see that? I saw that one, and uh, yeah. I believe it's because he had uh, – I believe they're playing the Red Sox, correct? Yes. And he threw yeah. the ball, and he hit uh, – He hit uh, Christian, Christian Vasquez, I believe. Yes. I believe hit him in the back. And yeah, and I was like, what is – and I think – I believe it was – if, if I'm not mistaken, it was a kid. Yeah. Or was he, and, like, um, semi-adultish? I yeah, I, 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 I believe he was – I believe he was 20s or 30s. Oh, wow. But okay. they, I thought he was they a, like, literally – they literally ban him for life. Yes. Like every major league ballpark. Now, wow. I don't know how you uphold that ban. You know, I don't know, like, um, is, you know, do you, like, microchip the guy? And when he walks in the stadium, a buzzer goes off? Like, oh, wait, did he, I just make a buzzer joke? I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> See he how might, uh, you know what he might do, Brett? He might, uh, Bobby Valentine, do uh, the uh, glasses and the nose and the mustache. His little groucho, like, yeah. And, right. Yeah, and be like, aren't you the guy from the... Oh, my God, I got to go. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> you know. but 100 people voted on this poll. Wow, 100 people. 
A lot of them were very cool. passionate about this. They were either ban the, ban the fan for life oh or remove him and let him come back the next day or another game. 87% said remove him and let him come back. But I was surprised that 13% said ban for life. Yeah, if 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 that was a fair or foul segment, I would say foul on that. <laughs> because like you don't you don't you don't ban a guy for life for that. I mean, um, but you know, I, I think I think some I think sometimes Mario when when people take polls, I think they pick the thing they would least likely actually take just oh, yeah. to kind of just to kind of throw things off a bit, you know. So let's just talk it up to maybe they were being being coy or funny. <laughs> Oh yeah, and to be honest, I think I thought it was gonna be like ninety eight percent remove him. I was surprised that so many mm-hmm. wanted this fan banned, and a lot of the reasons were: what if this was the playoffs? What if this was you know they didn't want another Steve Bartman situation? You know, a lot of them had they made their case, but I agree with you; it would be a little excessive to ban him. And to be honest, I don't think you can really police that anywhere. Not just not minimate. I mean. I, people come in, you know, there's a, like, what, 30,000 fans is going to Minute Maid, like, all the yeah. time. The fan could have, like, yeah, I'm banned, and then tomorrow, hey, what's going on? Hey, come on in, enjoy the game, you know. They would not know. You're not going to put pictures on them all over each entryway. That would be wrong. But, yeah, I, I, I would think it would be a little excessive as well. So, we are heading into the ever-popular Fair or Foul segment. We have a few, a few, a few here that I think might be to your liking. Okay. So let us start. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes, sir. I'm ready. Let's go, man. All right. Let's do this. So, and and you know what? To be to be uh, to give credit, uh, with some of these were from Rob. He provided these, so I will give credit where credit is due. The man, the man, the myth, the legend provided uh, some of these. One of them was, you know, have you heard rumblings about the NHL moving to Houston? Yes. Or fair or foul, NHL to H-Town will be a super successful, you know, thing. Oh, wow. When you, when you put the word super in front of successful, that might alter my answer. Um, can it be a foul ball that's caught, but we score a run on it? Um Let's see. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to say fair. I, I just, I think this town, if it got a major league hockey team, would be way more supportive than what we had with the IHL or AHL with the Houston Arrows. Um, and I mean, hockey is a fun sport, dude. I think it would be successful. I think this city could support it. I say fair. I say fair as well. I would love to see that. I would love to actually be in Houston and be cold for a little bit, to be honest. And I would love that. I would definitely love seeing hockey. I we we actually had one uh, down here back home. Uh, it was a it was an NHL team, but it was a uh, a minor league team. And I was at the games all the time because, well, first one it's hot, and second, like the games were very exciting. I mean. I'm a fan of hockey. I'm not, I couldn't say I'm a huge fan of hockey. Like, I know, I don't want to tell others who who have their fan bases, you know, I'm part of a fan base because, 
you know, I, Houston doesn't have one. But fair, I would definitely love to see this. I would have loved to see this be super successful. So our next one is, I'm not sure if you heard about this, but Topps Cards lost their license with Major League Baseball. And it was given to Fanatics, the pro shop Fanatics. Fair or foul, Tops losing the license to Fanatics will be bad for Major League Baseball. Well, I'm going to say foul because I, when I read that Tops own, I mean, not Tops, Major League Baseball owns an equity stake in Fanatics, it automatically made me think of, oh, yeah, that's right. They also own the company that makes the baseballs. Um, <laughs> it's, it, it's, like, it's like now Major League Baseball's gone from this it was this nice you know it was the elephant in the room but you know it was the elephant you could like give peanuts to but now it's become like this octopus that's turned into a giant squid as it's taking down ships that are sailing the marketing sea and just grab it like almost like the kraken kind of just just mentality like let's just take all we can and have it for hours um I really wish baseball would have spread out their licenses to Panini and Donruss and all these other card companies because they do a phenomenal job. Um, I love cards, but I don't like getting a Jordan Alvarez card where it says Houston baseball team. I like it to say Astros. I like the logos. I The foul part of me, though, just because it just makes like baseball putting their tentacles on more things I don't think they need it on. Um, tops. I believe gets bought out by fanatics tops will lose their license in four years in 2024, like three years, I guess. Um, and then after that it goes over, but I believe between now and then fanatics more than likely purchases or buys out tops. So I think that tops name doesn't go away. I just don't like major league baseball having a financial stake in that. Same here. I voted the same. I said foul, you know, to be honest, when it comes to, Trading cards, I'm a big fan. I have a lot of cards when I was a kid growing up and then more so now purchasing a lot of memorabilia, astro cards like signature cards and relics and you know jersey cards and all that. And it would be kind of weird for me to see a different name on there that isn't tops. But yeah, Fleer, Donruss, Upper Deck, everything you know, would be so much more awesome because everybody gets a piece of the pie, not just one. So definitely on that one, yeah, foul. Next one we have here is... Actually, I, I saw this because I started seeing a lot of other teams have this for their alternative jersey wear. Mm -hmm. Houston Astros need to unveil and rock the City Connect jerseys, fair or foul. I say fair as long as the jerseys aren't ugly. <laughs> I just, I don't know about these variations. You remember when they did the Players Day, the Little yes. League Players Day, and the jerseys were white or black? And then yes. you couldn't see the names on the white jerseys. I thought that was, and then before that, it was these weird Crayola crayon colors. Correct. I just, whoever they have designing these uniforms, as long as they design it, and it's got a space theme, and it's a cool jersey that I would want to go out and purchase. I say fair, but if the jersey is ugly, 
I'm going to say fair because I'm going to trust that they would pick and do us right by the jersey. Same. I like it. I say fair. I really want to see something, you know, in good taste, of course, in good colorways and good something that makes it awesome that they can actually wear. I do like the Sunday jerseys or the uh, navy blue, but, you know, probably it's batting practice, you want to call them that, but they usually use them more for like Sunday home games and all that. I do love the Navy, the, the Navy with the rainbows on the side. I love those. I actually have a few of those, to be honest. I actually have a few of those more than I have regular shirts. But I would like to see one of, one of these just to see what they would actually come up with. I think somebody talked talk to me about what if they were orange from cap all the way to the shoes. And I'm like, well, that looks pretty good. It just how would they do the rest of it, you know? And I think that's very important because it's like you said, when they had the Players Weekend, when they had the Little League Weekend, they I th- I'm not too sure, call me crazy, but I think they just said, here's some uniforms, put them on. I'm not sure if they took their time with each one. And I think on the Player Weekend one, I think all across the board in all teams, they were, they were the same. They were either all black or all white. They weren't, they didn't have any kind yeah. of different, you know, to, to recognize. They just had you know, that the fact that they were from a, from the other team, but I think they just said, let's, let's do this and here you go, wear them. And I don't, maybe, exactly. the, maybe the players didn't have an input in this, but I would like to see what the, propose this to the players and see what they would come with. But I, I do see some uniforms already out there from other teams. So I think it would be fair to see one from ours. Definitely, I agree. Well, then, that is our show for today, for this Sunday. It was so good to have you on, and thank you for coming on, Brett. We, uh, you know, you, the guest of all guests, you know, just FYI. And we appreciate you coming on, coming in. You know, to be honest, this was my first uh, taking the lead hosting, so... Thank you for being a part of that too, because you know I I wanted to do the 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 hosting justice, and I'm so glad that you're on with us today. No, yeah, man, I appreciate it. I just um I think I think you've done a great job. I mean, if you had not told me this is your first time taking the reins, I would have not known that if I didn't you know listen to the show or whatever. But you you do a phenomenal job. Um, Rob has always done a great job. Um, I love how, you know, he's he's grown his brand organically. And, I mean, the guest he has on, I'm like, hey, I want to bring that guy on my show, you know. And so <laughs> you guys you guys do a great job. You hold it down very well. I love the new logo. Um, I love the fan interaction. So definitely, if y'all are listening to Sunday Strohs for the first time, keep checking them out. And, you know, I appreciate you having me on, and I appreciate you letting someone from another podcast come on, you know. Um, we've got so many people in this. I mean, the market is really still so untapped. And there's so many people that don't listen to podcasts. We just got to kind of keep spreading the word and be be unified. You know, podcasters unite and bring in all the fans we can bring in. Um, you guys can find me at HL Wheelhouse on Twitter. You can find us at Locked on Astros on Twitter as well. So come come check us out. But don't miss the Sunday Strohs episode. These guys hit a home run every time. So thank you, Mario. Hey, thank you, Brett. And uh, remember, everybody, if it's Sunday, it's always time for Sunday Strohs.